This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm your host, Tyler Kern, joined as always by Mr. Greg Crumpton himself. I called him the legend last time, and that made him uncomfortable. So, uh, in order to not make him uncomfortable, he's just the man and the myth, but it's Greg Crumpton. Greg, how are you, man? Hey, buddy. I'm doing well. Um, yeah, you know, I try to be a little bit humble, and then you get this big title cast upon you, and then, you know, there's a lot to live up to. So yeah, rather, legend is a know, lot to live up to. That's I like true. a low bar and then ease into it. So <laughs> it's good to talk to you this morning. Um, great weekend, man. It's fall here in the Carolinas. It's uh, 70 degrees and sunny. Um, I know you're still over there cooking. So yeah, it'll, you know get there, it'll get there soon enough, man. You Texans got to be, you know, you always talk about how damn tough you are. So here's, here's your uh, time to man up, woman well, up. Yeah, I, I've never claimed to be tough, so I don't know where that comes from. But <laughs> um, hey, I heard a, a great quote on Texans this weekend. They said, never ask anyone where they're from. And I'm like, why? And they said, well, if they're not from Texas, they're going to be embarrassed. And if they are, they'll tell you. <laughs> so there you go. That does sound that does sound about right. Well, enough about Texas. Uh, we're notorious enough as we are. Let's welcome our guest today. His name is Tony Mormino. Uh, as Greg referred to him as the god of podcasts, but he's also the marketing director at Insight Partners, and we're thrilled to have him on the show. Tony, thanks so much for joining us. No, thank you for having me, Tony Mormino, Insight Partners. And we've got you beat, Greg. It's 64 here in the mountains of North Carolina. So Nice, nice. Very nice, nice today. Thank you for having me. I'm really honored to be here. Well, Tony, it, it's our pleasure and, and indeed an honor to get somebody who, uh, you know, you and I share a lot of stuff and we've talked on the phone a little bit. You know, we have the HBAC gene as well as the social media bug. Uh, you actually get paid to do it, uh, which is something that I'm striving towards in my, in my next career. I'm going to try to be a podcaster and uh, see if I can get a, get a paycheck for it. But no kidding. Um, we, we talked a little bit, you know, I don't know, a month or so ago. Mm -hmm. And your story was fascinating to me in that, you know, you kind of came through the HVAC ranks as, as far as working at Train and, and a few other places that sell equipment primarily. And then uh, Insight and where you, where you are now, and then kind of transitioned over into, uh, I would say more marketing and PR as opposed to, you know, peddling equipment. So because of the nature of our podcast, we try to focus on the people uh, around our, you know, world and our businesses. I'm kind of curious, A, what took you there? Why, why the, uh, why did you seize the opportunity that was obviously presented to you? And how were some of the people involved in your life going back to, excuse me, going back to the, your equipment days. And now as you, as you kind of weave and I know I'm doing a hand thing, I'm, I'm people can't mm -hmm. see that, but um, as you weave through your, your different parts of your career, how did, how have people and, and, or people influenced what you're doing, you know, kind of how you got to where you are, but can you kind of back up just a little bit and tell us how you got into the business and then talk about the people and how they interwove into your career? I'd love to hear that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and again, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So yeah, the marketing piece is kind of interesting. So my my official role, my official title is technical sales and marketing director. And I handle basically anything digital for the company, anything paper-wise, anything that touches a customer, I get get involved in. So I started, so I left long story, but I left the I basically took a year off. And I came back into the industry about three years ago, and I started back in as an account executive, which is what I had a lot of history with, HVAC account executive. And about a year into that, COVID hit, and I got a call from Mark Murray, who's the president of our company, who I've, who I've known for a while. And he asked me, what could, you know, could we do? He was running some ideas by me about getting online and keeping in touch with customers, right? Because everybody mm-hmm. was really worried oh my gosh, the doors are going to shut. We're not going to be able to go to lunches, not going to be able to go golfing, stop by and see our engineers, et cetera. So we batted around a few ideas. You know, Zoom came up, so we got everybody on Zoom. We started doing that. So um, at the time, I was an account executive, but I was just doing it because, you know, I, w- I wanted to be able to help the company and serve in any way I can. And um, so I did that. And man, it was it was fun and it was terrifying in the beginning because we would do these Zoom shows and we would have engineers come and, you know, when it first started, it was like a fever pitch. Like we would get 100, 200, 300 people in these shows because it was new and it was kind of novel and everybody was excited about it. And for me, like public speaking online was not my thing, right? Like I can go bring a lunch over and speak to five or six people. So it was an amazing. Oh, it was just hold, an- hold on right there, Tony. I got to yeah. interrupt because listening to you right now, I find that really, really hard to believe because you sound like a seasoned pro. Yeah, it's funny because... I have this conversation a lot with folks who call me, like we get people from other rep firms seeing what we're doing and they'll say, Hey, do you mind spending 20 minutes talking to us about what you're doing? You know, they might rep the same product we do. So I'm like, sure, I'll talk to you. And almost all the conversations go like, man, we really want to do what you're doing, but we're worried it's not going to look very good when we do it. And I said, well, have you done it before? And they say, no, I said, well, let me, let me just break let me just break it to you. It's not going to look real good the first time you do it, right? You're not going to get a lot of viewers. It's going to sound bad. It's going to look bad. And if you look back at our old stuff, it doesn't sound very good and it looks bad. So, you know, to get comfortable with it, I have found, and it's just like anything in life, right? You just got to do it. You just got to get out there and do it and go through the nerves and walk through the fear. But I'm not a naturally like, you know, I don't get up in the morning and think of all these ways to um, induce fear into my life and get in front of people, do these things. But I, and that's one of the things that's really separated us as Insight Partners is I've got the leadership team behind me, which is really rare when you're doing online stuff. I see you shaking your head. So you've experienced that. Um, and we, I have the fears when we go to do something new, but I just do it anyway. Like that's the difference. And that's what I see in people who are trying new things, especially breaking into new areas. Like this is all new for, for us. And really in B2B, I think in general, Online is we're like dinosaurs, right? And B two B, HVAC is the bottom of that. <laughs> bottom of that, whatever the oldest Look, dinosaur our, is, that's our, like our, our knuckles are all scabbed up from dragging. Yeah, I mean we're just like so not there. But um, so to get into that and to break into that and do that, it's been super exciting. But there's been a lot of fear and a lot of walking through that. And uh, but to me, that's like what it's all about. That's what life's about. It's like growing through the fear together. Right. You know, if you well, got the right team. Go ahead, Greg. Yeah, no, I, I'm. I just. I, I was going to apologize for jumping in on you, but God, you. You, you know, I listened to your stuff. Like over the weekend, um, I listened to your cannabis piece, 
and um, or maybe last week, some uh, within the last week or so, listen to your cannabis, uh, the three uh, common mistakes. I think it was titled, mm-hmm. and um, your delivery, man. I'm, I'm telling you. Th- so two things: the content was great, but I think more so your delivery and how you are approaching it as a technical guy with a, a, uh, you know, a, a vein or an avenue towards the, the marketing and the, the social side, it just comes off really good, uh, really well. And I, I, I just attribute that to you having a good background in, in the mechanical piece, but then the passion for what you're currently doing. So just compliments to you. And I, I hated that mm-hmm. a lot, but I couldn't, I couldn't let that piece go without saying that. I really appreciate what you're doing. No, I, and again, I really appreciate the words and I, I, no problem interrupting, interrupt anytime if you're going to compliment me like that. (laughs) I'll take that any day, but you know, I am very lucky. You kind of mentioned this too. Like a lot of marketers I talk to, we, I work with a lot of great marketing folks, the companies we rep, um, you know, and stuff like that and other rep firms and, you know, they're classically trained marketers and they know a lot more about the you know, the educational side of marketing than I do. And I've learned a lot from them. The piece they don't have is the experience in HVAC, right? So I'm so lucky that I've got that and I can come on here and, and talk about it. And if you're in marketing at an HVAC firm or even with an HVAC manufacturer and you don't know the technology of it, you've got to rely on someone to come in and do that. And it's not easy to find that person that's willing to do it's that. A, it's a hybrid role, you know, and I get to play a little bit uh, of that service logic because I'm, a former business owner as well as a technician. So I, I kind of see both sides of that equation. But for those who are either new to, to us or new to you or uh, new to the podcast, tell, tell us a little bit about insight so people can kind of uh, glean into what you actually do day to day. What what are y'all all about? So first and foremost, we sell new commercial HVAC equipment. We're a, Insight Partners is an HVAC rep firm. We are in four states currently, North and South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. We have 13 offices with a couple um, right now we're, we're opening. So we're continuously growing. We've, we've been growing uh, a lot over the past couple of years. Um, so HVAC equipment, service, controls, and we also have a recon group that rebuilds cooling towers in the, in the Carolinas. And you know, when Mark asked, so what happened with, with the COVID thing, like, so we started doing these online shows and I was only doing maybe once, one every six weeks or eight weeks, because I was still an account executive and I was kind of doing this. And it takes a lot of time to put these shows together and to do them right. And um, what happened is I was doing that for about a year. The leadership team liked what I was doing. We really needed a, mar- a dedicated marketing guy anyway at the company. So it was, you know, it's one of those things that the world's just aligned. You know, it's like I was really enjoying it. And you ever had that time in your career? We're like, wow, I should you just feel like you should be doing this right now. That's kind of the feeling I got. And I remember even as I was doing it, I was telling my wife, boy, this is uh, I don't know what it is about this, but I feel like this is what I should be doing. And I had no like inclinations this would turn into a career or anything like that. So, you know, it was totally like just following my heart and then after about a year, you know, Mark called me. He's like, hey, you know, what do you think about doing this full time? And then I moved. I was like, sure, man, I'm loving it. Let's do it. So um, and I'll say this, too, like I'm I'm starting to realize more how lucky I am and how unique it is to have a, a leadership team behind the marketing guy, especially when you're doing stuff online. 
right? Like I hear this all the time and I'm sure you guys witnessed this, you know, a marketing person will call me, hey, I want to do it, but my boss, blah, blah, blah. He's worried about this and he's worried about that, you know, and I hear that so much. And if you're listening to this, you know, and you have a good marketer, let them do your, their job, you know, take the reins off. There's a lot because there's so much fear involved with doing stuff online. I don't know why that is. Um, I think it's just insecurity. And I, I don't know, there's this misperception about that, in my opinion. But I think, A, that's spot on. Uh, you, you referred or, or mentioned it earlier. Uh, our industry is, is super duper conservative about doing anything. I mean, Christ's sake, we still have mercury bulb thermostats hanging on people's wall today. Um, so we're, we're very change adverse as, as an industry. And then you get uh, people like yourself, like me, who are, are, you know, we want to do more and we want to deliver a message to the public that, of what we're doing because, A, the the demographics show that that's where people are right now. They're they're not reading, um, you know, traditional trade publications um, like they did. I'm not saying they don't, but that you know the numbers are down on on paper content. Um, everything is is video. Everything is is digital. We have to embrace it. And you know, I work for a big company. We have five thousand people. Um, there, there's a small percentage of that group that are actively online. The rest of the people, uh, as good as they are, are still more prone to thinking, you know, in a traditional way of hvac if, if that's a word. Um, so I think, you know, we're, we're at the early stages of the, of the bell curve here. I mean, there's no doubt. Um, but, there, you know, we have a lot of people on this show. Uh, that are involved in the HVAC industry, but yet are fully immersed in doing it online, uh, you know, either through just social media or through doing podcasts or, or webinars or whatever. But I think it's coming. You know, I think we're early, um, but I think if you're early, you know, uh, you, you get to, and you mentioned it with your Zoom shows, it's not going to be great early. You know, I look at even even the stuff that that Tyler and I've done over the last 18 months is it's just evolved as our as our show has evolved. It's mm. become there's a rhythm to it or what have you. But it takes that it just takes time and you have to learn through doing and failing or, or, or maybe not failing, but doing it less better than you're currently doing it for lack of a better way. But I applaud you guys. I, I, I think that, you know, um, some of the people at your company I've known for 30 plus years. Um, and in, in fact, I'm near Clemson right now. So you may know who I'm talking about would be Steve. Um, every time I see a Clemson flag flying, which is not hard to do where I live here in South Carolina. Um, <laughs> I think of Clingston. So Steve Clingston, shout out to you, my friend. Um, you know, Steve, he he is a guy that's been doing this successfully for 35 plus years. And I don't I don't know how old he is, but um, I think that that's 
showing you the evolution of your company. You know, when, when I knew Steve, it was Pace, P-A-C-E was the company. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys either absorbed or rebranded or what have you. But it's the same people, you know, and that's, as we said, the, the, the concept of this program is the people that are involved in the industry and in our lives. And, and Clemson and I go way back. So here he is, here I am, we're working through our industries, but we're still able to move it forward through innovations like you guys are doing at Insight. So I totally applaud what you guys are doing. And, you know, you, you mentioned the recon group, reconstruction. Um, you know, you, you guys have done several cooling tower webinars where you bring on the people from, uh, I think it's BAC is your brand that you rep. And if not, I apologize, but a brand of cooling tower. And, you know, you do an educational piece on it and you invite people to attend. And, and that to me is what our industry is evolving into as well as the people that are doing it with you, because you know, it, it, this is so weird. Tyler and I have never met in person. Um, and he, I consider the man a great friend of mine and we've That's never damn met. So, <laughs> um, but I talk to him weekly and there's a rapport and that's the yeah. same thing we're building on with online, uh, you know, through our industry and through our friendships and, and relationships. Yeah. And man, uh, we're the Marley rep, by the way, no problem. <laughs> well, I don't uh, sell any, any brand in particular. I understand. So yeah. He, uh, he transferred uh, cubicle. How about that? There you go. He <laughs> transferred device. Um, yeah. So, agree with a hundred percent of what you said. Um, you know, a lot of folks, especially in the older generation about the online and the social media and the LinkedIn, there's this confusion that like, this is a, you know, I hear this a lot. This is a hand to hand face to face business. And I said, well, sure. Like that's the, the, that's the primary driver of creating the relationship. Right. But how many times could you take an engineer to lunch? Right. How many times you take a contractor to lunch? You know, I want you to be, I want to be top of mind with that engineer or contractor when they need something that we do well, right? So that's the whole point is the, the online stuff just kind of fills in the gap. And, you know, I, the, the guy I was talking the other day, he's like, man, I can care less about LinkedIn. I said, you know what? I don't really care about LinkedIn either, but I care about the 1400 impressions a day we get. Like, that's what I care about. And if mm. it was, if we could do that on a billboard, I would do it on a billboard. If we could do it in the, you know, in the something called a newspaper that a lot of people used to read, we would do it in a newspaper, you know? Um, well, think so, about that, Tony, 1,400 impressions. So I, I'm just going to take, let's say you have 100 employees, okay? I'm, I'm just pulling a number out of my keister. Mm-hmm. How many, so that's 14 people a day that your 100 employees would have to go touch, and you do it with right. one LinkedIn post. You know, yep. I mean, that's pretty, that's, that's a pretty compounding number, and you, you, you kind of, uh, almost said it a while ago so i'll put this in your in your uh in your mouth for you but i hear a lot of what's the roi on it mm-hmm. how in the hell can you measure roi on anything digital because you can't you can guess how many impressions what did it cost did we boost this posting or what have you the beauty of the internet is the compounding value it's just like interest if I like something that you post, I've got 8,000 people that follow me. 
So some of those people are going to see what Tony did that never even knew Tony existed or that Tony handled Marley cooling tower parts. So how do you put an ROI on something that you can't physically see the synapse between two people? You can't measure that. So that's, I just kind of like internally gristle when I hear what's the ROI on, on social media. Um, pull a number out of your, out of your hat and, and you might be close. Am I off track in my thinking? No, you are dead on, and it there is no way to measure it. Really, it's it's an art. It's almost an art form. Um, I measure our success, quote unquote, success by the amount of attendance we get, the amounts of attention we get, the amount of people who show up to our live events, and people from their same company that show up. Like we can track that, right? So I know with Phil with ABC Engineering, he might show up once, and then all of a sudden, him and his two, you know other folks that work with them show up. So the ROI is impossible to really put a number on unless you're actually selling a product online where they click and buy it. And you could tell so many people showed up, so many people bought it, but you know what? I mean, Nike doesn't have salespeople, you know, it's all marketing. So the marketing side of it, and I'll tell you the whole, like, it is amazing to me how many people see the stuff we do. And I'm sure you get this all the time too, because you guys are kind of at the cutting edge with your podcast and, you know, I was at the AHR show in Vegas um, last year, and we're walking through the casino, me and Matt Tooley, who's our vice president, walking through the casino, and I looked over at Matt, and he was laughing, and I'm like, what are you laughing at? Because that group of guys just walked by and said, there's Tony Mormino from YouTube. And I was like, <laughs> you're kidding me. Like, yeah. So it's just like, and it's not like, I'm not saying that to be braggadocious. It's, yeah, no, it's it, like man. amazing how many people see this stuff. It really is. So, um, Well, I, I think it's it's. The, the company, a, any company, has to decide if they're going to invest in their future. Okay? Yeah. What does that mean? It damn sure better mean having somebody involved in an online presence, presence of some variety. How you choose to do it is up to, to the company, mm-hmm. but you've got to have something, in my mind, to, to carry on going forward. All right, Tyler. Here I am talking about social media and, and marketing, like I work for a marketing company. Um, you actually do. So maybe do, you can yeah. impart some knowledge on us about this ROI. How do you measure? You know, you work at market scale and you guys are on the ball because I, mm. I get to, I get to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Um, tell us a little bit about that. What it was. How do people think about ROI when they come to market scale and say, hey, I'm going to drop 50 grand. Prove to me it's worth it. Yeah, that's like Tony is saying, the the data is is tough, right? And it's always hard to quantify necessarily. Oh, you know, I saw your podcast and then I thought about it and then I came back and decided, yes, let's have a conversation. It's always hard to track those dollars. But I think that what we're seeing more and more is the value of, content as a way of establishing yourself as a market leader, as a thought leader in a marketplace, um, all of these sorts of things. And so this is something that, and Tony, you kind of alluded to this earlier, this is something that the B2C world has been on for a while, and it's taken the B2B world a little bit longer to catch on to these sorts of trends. And so that's, you know, something that we're we're working with companies with all the time is, hey, you should build and own and operate your media channels and let us help you do that. But you know, this is something that that you should absolutely be doing because there's 
a ton of value in just getting your experts, your thought leaders, and even your your just your your people who know stuff, who do stuff on a day-to-day basis, there's so much value in getting those people in front of a camera or in front of a microphone and sharing the knowledge that they have um, because that's something that, that just hasn't been happening so much in, in B2B. And while it is hard sometimes to derive direct value, and I'm, I'll raise my hand and say I'm not great as a data guy, the, 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 the intangibles that are related to content creation, I think are massive and, and again, really hard to quantify, but that's what makes them intangible, right? Well, yeah. Seeing how Tony and I both look like two parrots sitting here on our screens with our heads <laughs> agreeing with you. Um, you know, I think about it like this and I'm, you guys know, I'm, I'm 58 years old. I've been doing this for a long time and I go back to what has worked for me as a, as a, person, as a sales rep, as a maintenance seller, as a president of a business, what have you, I've always led with education. And Mm. if I could have a webinar uh, is what we called it for a while, a Zoom meeting, I'm going way back to where we did in-person lunch and learns at our customer's office. Wow, that was like four years ago, way back then. If you lead with education, this is my belief. If you lead with education, you're calling on a customer when they don't need to buy something. You're educating them. You're not fulfilling a crisis. You're not solving a problem that day. But when they need it, who are they going to think about? They're going to go, oh, yeah, man, Tony came over here and he presented that. And they're looking back in their calendar or whatever, looking under Tony's LinkedIn page. And they remember, yep, Tony's the one that taught us about HVAC for uh, uh, horticulture growth or whatever the topic was. Mm -hmm. That to me is where the value is of presenting your thought. And you said it, thought leadership, subject matter expert, whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it. You're, you're there on the frontal lobe, which is the words I use a lot with our safety teams. You're just there. You don't have to think about, okay, I got to go get a purchase order today from Bob, the engineer. Uh, or or Joe, the contractor, you're just presenting information, you're seed planning so that later when they need that, you're in their toolbox. That's how I look at what we do. And right or wrong, hell, I've made a career doing that. Um, You know, so that's my take on it. It's funny you say that because my whole, like ever since the beginning, we were talking about going kind of backwards. Like I started at train and they were really big on education selling. So You know, when I was a sales guy, if I could have a lunch and learn at an engineer's office every day of the week, I would have done it. Like that to me is how important it was. And it's so funny, the more content you give away and the more you educate your customer for free, the more you sell. It's just like, that's how it works. And that is no different online. You know, if you look at our YouTube channel and our podcast, rarely will you see a product pitch. Like we're never going to do a, you know, online event saying, here's this new unit. I'm going to go through 40 features. No one wants to watch that anyway. Right. But you know, if you could say, hey, here's a science of psychometrics and here's psychometrics 101, here's why this is important. You know, you could really make some huge mistakes for yourself and your career and your company. You know, learn from us. We've made them. We, we've grown through them. And here's some things to watch out for. You know, that's the kind of like way we do our online shows. And I think people like that. And they all, you know, we do it through PDH accreditation, too. So they need to get their PDH credits. So whole, wholeheartedly agree with you on the education part. And the more you do that, the more you sell. 
And I think yeah. companies are really afraid to do that. I don't know why there's some kind of like, I hear this all the time. I don't want my competitors to see what we're doing or to know right. what we know. And I'm like, everyone knows about psychometrics. I could pull, I could Google psychometrics 101 and get 400 presentations. Like your competitors don't know, you know, you sell pumps and you know, psychometrics. I mean, it's, come on. I mean, it's just crazy. So um, it's just Telling another, you and your special pump curve. You know, you're, you're, hoarding, you're hoarding the pump curve. <laughs> oh, your customers yeah. don't know you sell air conditioning. Okay. All right. Well, maybe. You. Well, so our CEO, who is a brilliant man, Craig Steinke, he, he's, he's really, really sharp. He grew up in an era that uh, I think embraced what you just said, because Craig told me one time, told several people, Moby Dick would still be alive had he not surfaced. Um I think that there is a certain uh, part of the, the population who love the stealth mode. You're, you're cruising under the surface like a big torpedo or like a big submarine, and you're just blasting the competition. I totally get that. Um, and But I think you can do it in a hybrid way. I think you can be a big fish, and you can do stuff that's really cool, but you can still do it with a public flair and not give away your secret sauce. Hmm. Um, so I, I think there's a way to, uh, and, and I try to walk that line because I answer mm -hmm. to the man. Um, so I never want, you know, obviously um, to, to impart what I, you know, feel like we should do. I mean, that guy runs our company in such a, a graceful manner that uh, I would, I'm sure I'd screw it up, but I think there's a way to do both to appreciate how we got here, but then also kind of jettison into Rev 2.0. Um, so that's just my opinion anyway. Hmm. Yeah. And I a hundred percent agree with that. And we do, we've had conversations about that internally of not, you know, not crossing that line. So I totally agree with it. I, I kind of like think of it like this when I hear an objection, I'm like, okay, so if you were given a free spot, during the Super Bowl to talk about your company and your core values and your services, would you do it? And of course the answer is yes, of course we'd do that. Well, your com competition's gonna see it. Are you sure you could do it? Because <laughs> they just tell me they don't want their competition to see what they're doing. So it's kind of like just changing the mindset as to what um, what it all means. I mean, that's sure. my opinion, but yeah. Well, I, there, there's a certain maturity that we're all going through and learning that, um, you mm -hmm. know, how, how much do you give away? And to your point, you know, I mentioned a while ago, I, I was listening to your podcast um, on uh, on marijuana cultivation or cannabis. And I was driving, so I wasn't watching it. I was just listening. But you walked through the psychometric chart to show where certain things occurred. And this was in the dehumidification mode, I think you were speaking to. Mm -hmm. That's how you do it. You show people the science and say, because they're and Tony, you know this to be true. There's so many people in our industry that that are really good at being part of our industry, but they can't necessarily walk you through a vapor compression cycle on mm -hmm. a psychometric chart because it's not what they do every day. Mm. But they don't want to say that publicly either. So you're educating even industry insiders. And they're like, oh, so that's why that drain pan fills up with water, because you take it below dew point. Mm -hmm. And you show that in, in a graphical representation. 
of the psychometric chart. So I totally, I totally get it. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, some people don't want to give away the, the sauce, but I don't think that science is the sauce. The sauce to me is answering the phone at 5.05 PM. Mm. The, the, the secret yeah. sauce is being there and educating when you're not solving a crisis is having somebody respond at 2.13 a.m. when the data center is 100 degrees. That, to me, is the sauce. And then the other piece of the equation is almost the price of admission. You should know psychometrics so that then when, you, like I'm, I'm using a microphone here as a, a, a <laughs> line of demarcation, but if you're over here on the technical side, You've got to know that. You've got to know why you insulate the suction line. You got to know all that stuff. But how you deliver your service is the sauce to me. I mean, that's just it. So I don't know if, if you boys agree with that, but that's how I view it. Yeah. I, you know, it's in the beginning, you talked about, you know, relationships over time as we come into the industry. And I remember when you were sharing that, I remember there was a, a gentleman named Larry Turknet at a, large contracting firm in Jacksonville, which is where I started my industry. And I had one of the first jobs I sold went, it didn't go well. I don't remember exactly what the issue was, but we've all, we've all been there. And I was like really nervous. I, and I had that one too, by the way. <laughs> Just one time, right? I know. I'm still looking for that perfect piece of equipment to sell that has never, never has any problems, but I don't think it exists. But I learned this very valuable lesson as I was going to him and I was like, oh, man, I'm really sorry. And I was very nervous, like, oh, my gosh, these guys are never going to do business with me again. And he said, look, man, how you react when things are bad defines your character, Tony. You're here. You're doing it. You're always going to have problems. So you're you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're handling it well. It's not a problem. We respect you. So it was a big lesson that stuck with me for 20-something years. You know, so. You know, Tony, I, I've said this before, maybe on the podcast. I don't remember. But sometimes you can have a customer that you serve for years and years and years and things go well all the time. You've never had a, oh crap moment with that customer. This is really hard to kind of put in the proper context, but sometimes that customer is not as tied to you as a customer who you've had for years and years and years, and you have screwed up but you made it right. I think the screw up either their side or our side, depending, you know, I mean, customers can cause problems on jobs as well, but if you work through a problem together and you, you form that little bond, no matter how big the, the chasm is on the job, if you solve it together, I think that that's a better relationship, more meaningful than it is, to run down the road and everything's perfect for 20 years. I, I almost begin to think you become a vendor if, you're, if, if everything goes well without any hurdles to overcome. I think you become a commodity. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. But I, I would be curious what both of you guys think because Tyler solves my problems weekly and uh, Tony, you probably solve a lot of problems daily. So. What do y'all yeah. think about that? You think there's a differentiator of problem solving and, and soothing together? 
Well, I think if you, at least for me, like when I'm working with someone and there's a problem and they're taking care of it, I feel comfortable with them. I trust them. You know, there's a, there's a trust, trust factor there, 100% and building that trust and building that brand. And that is to say this real quick, some of our online shows, you know, we'll, we, we do these live ones. And some, and the last one we did, we had like, I had four guests and a couple of them never done it before. And that's pretty nerve wracking. Like when you're about to click the button and go live. And I said, look, if something goes wrong, which it probably will, it's okay. <laughs> we'll make a joke out of it and we'll keep going. It's almost better to have a little problem in the beginning that you can make a joke over and laugh about. It relaxes everybody. It lets the audience know you're a normal person. You, you got problems and you're rolling with it. Like how you handle it will mean a lot to the pre- people watching it. So it kind of falls in the same thing, you know, as what you were saying, but um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, last week we we had our annual meeting and we had 175 people from around the country uh, down in the uh, little coastal town of Georgia. Golfing was part of the deal because we worked for six hours a day and then we had a couple hours in the afternoon to play. And there was some anxiety with people who had not been before because our company's growing. So we had some first timers, how how they were going to perform on the golf course with their peers. All right. I get that. Everybody wants a, a lot of people are competitive, so they want to do well. I remember telling one of one of our guests, like, look, we get paid to do air conditioning. We don't get paid to play golf. So it's kind of like the same thing. You're not as a guest on your podcast. You're not paid to, to do that. And people don't expect you to be perfect. I think the showing the human side of screwing up is good. You know, I mean, it's, it's what we do. I mean, we screw, we're, we're professional screw uppers as people. <laughs> but I don't know, Tyler. What what's your gut on that? Yeah, you know, I um, you, you know, I see a lot of things through the lens of sports, and I remember uh, a sports media personality saying one time you're not really truly a fan of a team until you've like suffered with them, you know, until like they've broken your heart somehow. And I, I know that, you know, there, there are a lot of parallels between sports and business, but I, I do think that how you come through the challenging times does say more about you and does say more about the strength of a relationship than if things are always easy and good. Like it was really easy and good to be a Patriots fan for about like 10 years there, you know, where they won more Super Bowls than any other franchise in NFL history uh, over like a 10, 15 year span. Really, really easy. It's probably a little bit harder to be a fan of the Patriots now. And it's testing some of the, maybe the loyalty of that fan base. Um, Whereas maybe being, um, I don't know, a, a fan of a, of a different team that hasn't won anything in forever, um, a Jets fan. It, if you are truly a Jets fan, you've been through the ringer, right? The things have gone wrong. The team has largely stunk. But if you still continue to go to the games, and then you really do love that team. You really do love that franchise. It's not just about things have always been easy. And while I don't think those parallels are like perfectly one-to-one, I do think there's something to be said for how you come out the other side of a challenging situation as opposed to things always being rosy and always going really well. That doesn't mean that it's bad to have a relationship with a client where things always are great. You know, uh, having a couple of those, I'm sure is really nice and take some work off of everyone's plate and some stress out of everyone's lives. But I bet the most rich relationships and the strongest bonds come from the ones where you have to 
make it through some challenging times and where there are problems or where you have to hold your hand up and say, I didn't, you know, I, I messed this one up, but I promise you I'll do better in the future. I bet those relationships and those bonds are stronger than the ones where things tend to go right all the time. Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, growing up in the Atlanta area um, and going to the Atlanta Braves games in the early 80s, um, prior to Glavin and Smoltz and that group rolling through there when they had to beg people to come to the game with quarter beer night. Um, <laughs> I totally understand that suffering. And now, you know, and, and, and you got, y'all were kind of, we were kind of laughing before we hit record about me following sports. Not so much. Um, you know, now the Braves are always up in the top of the, the running or the standings and, I think that's a good parallel, Tyler. I really do. I think that, uh, you know, I remember the Cleveland Browns where everybody wore socks over their head, or maybe that was New Orleans um, back in the day where they wore yeah. brown garbage bags. Um, that's right. But, but they were still throwing their money down to go to the, you know, the Astrodome or Superdome, whichever it was, to watch. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so Tony, I guess to, to that equation we have people wearing bags over their heads listening to this podcast so we're, we're in good shape man <laughs> nice well i know we're kind of getting up on our 45 uh top of the hour or uh past the hour here so we always try to be respectful of everyone's time um but tell me you know what there, there's a lot of thoughts swirling i can't wait to uh make some of these good notes that, that have popped up in our head or my head over our conversations. But I think it really, uh, what, what has, what st stands out to me after this call is remembering and, and, and embracing the fact that we're not solving everything today. You know, we're planting seeds, we're making a harvest that is going to long outlast our podcast. You know, what, what you're building for insight, what, what I'm doing, you know, it's got to be more substantial than today. Um, and I think it is because people are, you know, you like you said, you know, you're walking through the Asheray show in Vegas with, you know, there was what that show I was there. That was a joke. Uh, 20 or 30,000 people there. And people recognize you from YouTube. That shows that you're representing insight in the right way. Uh, as good looking as you are, they're still coming there for content, you know, for learning about what you guys offer, how you're looking at the industry, how you're helping solve problems. So I think, I think what you're doing, man, is solid. I, I appreciate you out there swinging that machete early in the jungle and uh, kind of carving a path for our, our lame industry, um, lame in that we're slow uh, to get on board, but you know, here we come. Get out of the way. That's right. <laughs> I appreciate the good looking comments. Since this is a podcast, I won't refute that um, since no one can see me. But uh, yeah, so I appreciate that. And I, I just been having a blast doing it. It's so much fun right now to do this. And if you got the will to do it, you know, I would say just start and do it and don't think about it too much. Don't do what I do and overthink things and just get that analysis paralysis. It's really not that hard. Um, and I, and I think people relate more to people who show that they're not perfect, right? Like a lot of times when I get on there and I'm trying to teach a subject, it's not because I'm 
you know, a professor on it. I'm just like, look, hey, I've I've made these mistakes. Don't do them. <laughs> Here's how not to do them. Right. And it could save you a whole bunch of pain. And um, that, that relates. I think we relate to people that way. And just at a core level, whether it's online or in person or, you know, we're not going to solve every problem. And and, um, you know, telling somebody who asks you for a product or a service, say, look, that's not really what we do. We don't do that well. But here's where to find that. You know, go find that somewhere. So. And, and you and I had that conversation because we support a company that that is in direct competition with one of the product lines you carry. But who cares? We're talking about the industry. We're not talking about what color jersey we happen to be wearing that day. And I think mm -hmm. if we can keep those kind of things in mind and support each other as companies, support each other as, as you know, online community members and do the right thing, then who everybody's going to sell enough equipment. They're going to they're going to buy equipment to solve a need. Um, so I don't, I don't think we have to get into too much of what color shirt we're wearing that day. So, yeah. And well, and, and my thoughts are too. one last closing thought is, sure. you know, LinkedIn, social media, YouTube, okay. soon to be TikTok. Um, these used to be options for marketing. That's it. That's all we got right now. Like 90% of what we do to reach customers on those. So if you want to do marketing for your company, really, there's no other way to do it, in my opinion, and reach people effectively. And, and in a way that you, it, it's funny, like, Greg, you and I have never met, but you and I talked on the phone like we knew each other because we've been on social media and I see your stuff and I comment and we message each other and stuff like that. So you can build relationships that are pretty solid online that lead to more, you know, in-person stuff. So. Well, and it's not new. I'm reading a book right now. It's called Don't Stop the Carnival. And it, it was written a long time ago, about the year I was born, about a guy who bought an, a resort in the Caribbean. It's a, it's a novel, but it's fairly factual. And people had uh, relationships over, you know, they were basically uh, husband and wife. They continued relationships without anything other than freaking paper and pen. Mm. So just because you're not in person does not mean you can't build a, a you know, a relationship that's meaningful and helpful to, to everyone. So I get it, man. Thank you uh, for, for your thoughts. That was solid. Um, Tyler, it, man, we're popping, man. I was thinking about uh, <laughs> the young lady we talked to last week and, and how right. she's doing her thing on social, what Tony's doing. I mean, we, we just got some really cool stuff flowing, man. I, I think we're in a nice groove right now. Man. I think so too. And I'm enjoying it a lot. And each conversation kind of brings just new and unique insights and perspectives. And um, yeah, I've, lo I've loved getting a chance to, to be a part of these conversations. Insight, trademark insight. So. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Exactly. Now that's, that's smart. That's smart. Well, man, uh, and look, more, uh, more excellent episodes to come, right? We've got a lot of cool people scheduled, more people making appointments. And, you know, I'm, I'm just so excited about what what we're able to learn, man. I, I feel like every time we get through with this, I've got like another chapter up here in this old brain of mine. So, <laughs> hurting the kittens for us. That's absolutely right. That is absolutely right. Well, Tony, thank you again so much for for joining us here on this episode of Straight Out of Crumpton and uh, sharing your insights with us. It's it's been a, an absolute pleasure. Thank you again. Thank you so much. It's the pleasure's been all mine. Thank you. 
Absolutely. And Greg, we'll, uh, we'll do it again and uh, have more episodes coming soon. Yeah, I look forward to it, buddy. I hope you have a great day. And uh, this has certainly got the week off to a great start for me. Definitely. Same here. And everyone out there, we hope that you enjoyed this episode of the podcast as well. Make sure to subscribe and stay up to date with the latest. Head to gregcrumpton.com for more episodes or find us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts these days and stay up to date with the latest. But for this episode, for Greg Crumpton and our guest today, Tony Mormino, I'm Tyler Kern. We'll talk to you next time.